It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Auckland weather at the moment, it has been affecting the ASB Classic, uh, something chronic, and someone who it's also been affecting is Belinda Cordwell, a New Zealand former number one tennis player and a, a former quarter finalist at a Grand Slam as well. Part of the commentary team, Belinda, good morning. Thanks for coming on. Hi, good morning. And you're right, it keeps raining. <laughs> it does, mate, it does. And I'll tell you what, I've had a look at the long-range forecast, uh, been on weatherwatch.co.nz. Next Wednesday, they had a still um, they had a still up yesterday, which is for next Wednesday, and uh, the entire North Island is covered by a uh, massive low. And so apparently this, what we've got now, we've got until then at least. So uh, that doesn't bode well for not only the ASB Classic this week uh, in the women's tournament, but also the men's next week. No, look, you're quite right. And um, short of not looking at net service and not even thinking about the weather, um, you're right. It's it's just a real shame. Um, I was down there yesterday for um, different parts of the day and it just rained um, relatively incessantly. And then the ball girls and the ball boys would get out with the towels and when it just looked like it would clear a little bit, try to dry the centre court and then it would rain again. And Oh, it just feels miserable for everybody. I mean, mm. can't do anything about the weather. We all know that. Um, but everybody was primed and ready for what would be a sort of a sunny outside tournament. And uh, everybody's scrabbling behind the scenes to, to make the tournament work um, in these really poor conditions. Yeah, Belinda, I was going to ask you about that. Um, I guess you do have the contingency of two indoor courts, but does that just really take the fans out of the whole the whole classic? Yeah, it does. So yesterday the indoor courts were used and they got through all the first round matches. And today the plan is uh, for, uh, you know, play to to be outside on the stadium and grandstand court. But should it keep raining, they'll revert to indoor for the eight second round matches of the women's draw and they'll play them indoors. And really that means that nobody can watch. There's a few seats that they're allowing coaches and support people of the players but apart from that, it's just a matter of getting through the matches as opposed to, you know, inviting a spectacle of tennis, if you like. How much does that affect uh, the tournament, do you think, in terms of, um, you know, potential earnings, or ticket sales, that sort of stuff? Well, I mean, I think there have been contingencies put in place. There's insurance around weather to some degree, and the tournament director has been talking and making sure that the decisions they make around the tournament and moving indoors um, sort of, I guess, adhere to whatever insurance policies they have as well. And the refunds for people who have bought tickets and then are unable to see, um, if they see less than an hour of tennis, then they're able to get a refund. So the contingencies around uh, the audience or the, the fans um, and that type of thing have been are in place. But then you want to think about 
all the vendors there who are selling coffee and wine and burgers mm. and um, sushi and all the infrastructure, um, which, you know, it's just such a shame when you look at it. It's just really disappointing because it's a fantastic venue and it's a wonderful thing to be doing with your week in Auckland um, and people can't get down there. That's one of the first questions my wife asked me when I said, should we go to tennis? Do they have sushi? So, <laughs> the important question. There you go, they do. <laughs> they do, perfect. Okay, we might be there. Well, I guess if the weather holds out. Um, on that, obviously uh, a lot of tennis players, they have pre- preferred types of courts, either grass, hard court, obviously clay, all around the world. Um, is do Are there types of players who actually perform better indoors? Um, does that kind of change who you think might be able to win this tournament if it does finish indoors? I think it would affect the outcome. I mean, one of the former champions, Lauren Davis, played indoors her first round yesterday, and she talked about the fact that she felt that the way she played, uh, playing indoors really um, helped her, you know, it helped the way she played. And so without question, there'll be players who prefer to play indoors. I think the difficulty at the moment is that the surface indoors is somewhat different than the surface outside. And the surface outside is the same as the Australian Open, which Mm. is one of the reasons that the players come out here in the first place. And so to revert indoors, while there's no, nobody can do anything about it, we can't stop the rain, it does impact on um, the players' preparation for the Australian Open. But probably more significantly next week with the men, because the Australian Open is straight after that tournament. So, you know, it's not a perfect world, and, um, and all, any decisions that are made, you know, suit some players differently than they do others. But I guess at the end of the day, it's the players that are the most versatile and able to manage the adverse conditions who are going to sort of perform best. I'm going to be captain obvious here. What is the difference in the indoor court and the outdoor court? Um, the, the indoor courts are much faster. They're slicker. And uh, I think part of that is just airspeed, so you're not getting the mm. wind and the conditions. But certainly the surface is faster, and, and the players yesterday noticed that. I was so hoping you were going to say one's inside and one's outside. <laughs> Put me in my place. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> did. that. You actually gave us Could a proper answer. That's yeah, great. That, sounded like a fool. <laughs> uh, Belinda, we, we had uh, Paddy Upton on in the last hour, uh, the barefoot coach. He's uh, a mental skills coach, predominantly worked in cricket, but he's worked across uh, all sorts of sports as well. Uh, and we talked about you know uh, how they prepare or how he prepares athletes for different situations. Given that we're going to get games inside um, with no fans, do you think that also might help maybe some of the youngsters take some of the pressure off? Oh, I think it definitely it definitely has a different atmosphere. I mean, um, you know, yesterday Sloane Stevens, the number two seed, she was bundled out in the first round, and she did. You know, you did look and think, well. Potentially, if the second seed, as she was, was on a stadium court, you know, in front of lots and lots of fans cheering and calling out for her because she's been a very popular player here in the past, that would potentially have kind of g'd her up and, and enabled her to go one more level um, in terms of how she played. So I think that not having spectators does impact. But once again, you go back to the professionalism of the individual and think, well, okay, they're out on a tennis court, they're playing tennis, this is what they're here to do. Whether they're playing in front of three people or 3,000, in terms of their preparation and how they approach a match, it shouldn't be too much different. Belinda, we should talk some of the actual tennis because uh, we did see uh, quite a lot of tennis yesterday. You've mentioned Sloane Stevens being knocked out, which was a real surprise. Sophia Kennan, who is a former champion, um, got a wild card and she's progressed quite nicely. Who else has impressed you? 
Yeah, you're right. Sophia Kennan played well yesterday. Um, we've got Venus Williams, who on day one played a phenomenal match. Um, she's also a wild card. And at the age of 42, I think we can all sit back and be really wowed by how she manages to get on the court and move around the court. So she's just lurking there. Emma Raducanu um, is the former US Open champion. She's been quietly going about her work as well. She plays uh, Victoria Kutsmova today, who has also played well in Auckland and has kind of been on and off the tour in the last 18 months, but um, also kind of came through qualifying and she's been playing impressively. And also uh, Leila Fernandez, who was the runner-up at the US Open to Emma Raducanu in 2021. She played really impressively on day one. So there are quite a few people in the draw with these last eight matches that um, that really could do some damage at the later stages of the tournament. Yeah, one of the uh, standouts on paper, at least uh, today, is going to be the number one seed, Coco Goff, up against Sophia Kennan. Uh, that one getting underway, I think it's just after the Venus Williams match. How, how have you seen Coco Goff uh, so far at the tournament? I know we've only really had one game, but how, how's she looking? Well, we've all been talking about that. I thought she looked really good. You know, she came here three years ago as a, probably a 15 or 16-year-old and played well um, three years ago. But now kind of the, the development and the maturity over the last three years to, to now be number seven in the world. Um, and she really played like a number seven, in my opinion. Very dominated her opponent, um, played well, was aggressive, had good composure, um, and so it, it's difficult for me if I was, you know, having a discussion today to not see her progressing further in the tournament because she does feel as though she has some level of X factor that we're not maybe seeing in some of the other players. Yep, uh, Belinda, I just also want to touch on the quarterfinals of the doubles are starting today. Uh, who, who do you think is looking the strongest on that side? Well, we watched last night. Um, we um, commentated a match relatively late uh, between Leila Fernandez and um uh, stands who who has had some real experience in, in and has dominated the women's doubles sort of scene if you like and done some you know won some amazing matches over the last um sort of her career which has been 10 or 15 years so they as a combination when we were commentating last night looked really strong and i've been quite interested you know matic stands is 37 layla fernandez is 20 that's quite a match up and mm-hmm. as the the match progressed, um, um, Matic Stans really took control because of her experience at the age of 37. So a combination like that, from my perspective, is a good one to watch for later in the week. Um, Belinda, we just had a text come in from Adam. Um, he asked um, about Stanley Street being talking about a roof since 2003. He was wondering if there's been any conversation about or possibility that Spark Arena might be hired as like that main indoor court in the future. Uh, have you heard anything around that? Yeah, I saw a couple of comments about that, um, and that's a fair comment, Adam. Um, I haven't heard anything as such. I mean, it, it's it's easy to sit, um, you know, on day four when you're thinking about the rain and hindsight and mm. think about some of the other options that could be available. Um, and I think that the one that the tournament director has chosen to go indoor at the ASB is potentially a good one at the moment because the fact that you know, all the all the umpires and everybody and the players are used to heading down to the ASB. Um, and in terms of Spark Arena, look, I can't comment on that. It may be something that the tournament look at in the future. Having said that, this is probably a one in ten year situation. I can't remember the last time there's been this much incessant rain mm. at the ASB Classic. And whether, look, I'm not suggesting that you leave these decisions to the sort of weather gods and 
fly by the seat of your pants every year, but we don't often have a tournament that is so impacted by rain as this one has been. Mm. Um, Belinda, earlier in the week we had Erin uh, Routliffe come on the on the show. We talked to her about uh, her tournament, the fact that she was, you know, she'd been playing some singles. She she won that uh, that ITF tournament in Papamoa, um, and she she obviously had a crack here. It, it hasn't gone well for her uh, this tournament. Now, what have you made of where Erin's at with her career at the moment? Yeah, it was a shame. I think she 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 played well. Um, it was a good match. Um, it was unlucky that she wasn't able to to win that first round, having got the wild card. And I guess it comes down to what what Erin wants to do. She's focused very much on doubles. She's had a great year in 2022. Got to something like 30 in the world in doubles, and so clearly that's a real strength for her. Um, and it's difficult when you're ranked that high in doubles to then somehow work out how you're going to play singles because then you have to start making choices about playing ITF events, which would help your singles ranking, but um, but would actually impact on your doubles ranking as well. So mm. at the moment, um, without actually sort of um, knowing full well what, what the decisions are around Erin over this next year, I'd imagine that her focus would continue to be on doubles. Um, and this in the ASB Classic was a really nice opportunity, which she feared well, but unfortunately didn't get the win. Yeah, the um, the, the that was the thing. We, when we talked to her, she was talking about her doubles partner for this tournament was someone that she'd never played with before and that she hadn't really sorted anything out beyond the end of this month in terms of a doubles partner going forward for the season. Um, I compare that to talking to, say, Mike Venus, who's teed up Jamie Murray as a partner for, for, for the whole year. Uh, does that strike you as unusual that she doesn't have anybody beyond the end of January? Not unusual. I mean, it's and it's a shame for her, and I hope that that sorts itself out sooner rather than later. Because if you think about it, all the players have their individual doubles rankings, so they kind of can take their ranking with them and then join up with someone else who maybe has a comparable ranking. And so at each different tournament, it's not unheard of to play with someone whom you've never played with before because they may be also out here to play singles. But I, I'm a little bit surprised that she hasn't been able to secure a player for at least a few tournaments. Like players will often say, look, let's play up to the Australian Open together or let's play up to the French Open together and let's play six weeks and just see how we get on. So I'm a little bit surprised that hasn't happened. But, um, but you know, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to find a person that you connect with and that you feel you play well with and then that you're comfortable practising with on the tour as well. So I guess we need to keep our fingers crossed that Erin finds someone sooner rather than later. Yeah, indeed. Hey, now, just before we let you go, Belinda, she didn't make the main draw, but uh, a young um, tennis player coming through the ranks is Vivian Yang. She won the ITF tournament in Wellington a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she finished runner-up to Erin in the uh, qualifying, uh, and she did get a, a wild card into qualifying when she lost to Sarah Arani, which is, man, you get a qualify, you get a, a wild card into qualifying, you come up against somebody like Sarah Arani who's been a, a French Open finalist, you're like, damn, that draw didn't go well for me. But, I mean, just how good do you think Vivian Yang can be? Well, it's difficult to tell, and you're right. I thought that was a pretty tough qualifying draw, but she fitted herself well. I mean, she, she got out there and did her thing. Um, it's difficult to tell. She's young, she's talented, she's got good advice behind her, and she's giving it a crack, and that's really all that you can ask. She sounds feels as though she's um, you know working hard and she's able to take on advice and kind of develop her game. And, uh, and I think that that's really, that's really all you can do. And in terms of predicting the future... It's very difficult too. Injuries get in the way. 
all sorts of things happen. We didn't predict COVID, and that has impacted on so many people's careers um, over the last, you know, two and a half, three years. So it'll be fun to watch um, how Vivian goes in the next year or two and just um, enjoy her progress and, and hope she plays well. Yeah, Belinda, thanks very much for coming on and having a chat. I really appreciate it, mate. Um, go well, enjoy the rest of the tournament and try and stay dry, eh? <laughs> I bought my raincoat up from the Wadarapa, so um, I've been using it a lot this week. So I'll, um, yeah, good to talk as well, and fingers crossed the sun comes out. Yeah, indeed. Belinda Cordell there with us, uh, former New Zealand number one and uh, former uh, Australian Open quarter finalist as well, one of the commentators for the ASB Classic.